0: and thank you for listening to episode 158 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. And in this one, I get to chat with Gary Hoey on the release day of his new album, Neon Highway Blues.
1: A little bit of exciting
0: news about this interview as well. Something a bit different, but I'll leave that till the end of the show. Before then, however, and before I get onto the chat with Gary... I'm going to give you a listen to the first song that was released from the album. It's a great song. It's Under the Rug featuring Eric Gales. <laughs> Uh, Gary, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. I know you're always a really busy guy, but today, March the 15th, 2019, it's the release date of your new album. I mean, what the hell has today been like?
2: Oh, it's been exciting, man. It's almost like having a baby. You know, everybody calls (laughs) you to congratulate you and... You know, it takes about nine and a half months to happen. And then when it comes out, you're not sure if it's ugly or cute until, <laughs> until people say whether they like it or not.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think it's a beautiful baby. So there you go.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> and this, this is your 21st album as well. I mean, does it, does it get any easier as time goes on or are the nerves still the same when it comes to release day?
2: um yeah you know the the release date i don't mind because it's over at that point you know i mean i uh what i found is it it, it's i don't know if it's getting harder to make records but um it's not getting any easier that's for sure you know because making a record is you know it's like a labor of love and you know you have to go back and forth with uh you know with the songs and stuff but um you know this out of my 21 albums it's interesting because i have you know i have a lot of holiday christmas albums that Mm -hmm. i recorded You know, and I have some live records and some, you know, some best of albums. So, you know, it's a lot of music for sure. But uh, this new record is the one I'm I'm pretty excited about.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, when you've been in the game as long as you have and you're still pumping out content, you know, as good as this. I mean, fair play to you. I love I mean, because we're similar in age as well, you know, and I know a lot of the musical influences that we've got between us, are, you know, are quite similar as well but I love people you know, that I've grown up listening to and I'm sat here in 2019 and you guys are still just delivering. I think it's absolutely fantastic.
2: Thank you so much. You know, it's exciting because for me to be with Mascot Pro Vogue Records at my age, you know, to be making records still and, you know, and trying to still keep you know, um, a quality product coming out and, and, and just, you know, it starts with us, you know, we have to be excited mm-hmm. about making music or, you know, the fans don't get anything because when I start to think, well, what do the fans want to hear? And and if I start second guessing myself, or I think this song is too heavy or too light, then, then I can start to, um, not do what's true to me as an artist, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's, so it's, it's, and then you have to f- write a fine line of making sure it's still,
0: you know, it's still a good quality record, you know? And that's got to be so difficult, surely, as the years go on, because you know fans get the favourite songs that you've done. You've, your back catalogue is getting bigger and bigger, and then, like you just said, then when you you can't second guess yourself when you're doing these things, and you, and you is it worrisome sometimes for you where you've got you know you've got your fan base and they're going, oh, we like this and this and this. I mean, I've got to say as well, what you do has been eclectic through the years as well. You're not just stuck in the one genre. Let's get that clear too. But is yes. it is it sort of like a, you know a sword hanging over you? This fan expectation because they they like this music from Gary Hoey or they like this music from you or is that a conscious thing that's with you all the time?
2: Well, you um, <clears throat> it's not actually. What what I find is um, as you keep making records and you you know you make a, you have a couple of hits you know or you have some music that really sticks where people say, man, that's one of my favorite songs you hmm. wrote. Then you know you realize now you're starting to build a bit of a legacy.
1: You know you're
2: starting to build a legacy of what you've done, and that's a foundation you can build off of. So sometimes I'll do stuff where I'll say, you know what, this sounds a little like you know maybe something I've done you know on a prior record, or like a style of something I've done, but I say you know what, that's okay because that's what that's what the fans expect. And, and that's why this record, Neon Highway Blues, has three instrumental songs on it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I made my name a lot as an instrumentalist, yeah, and yeah. then I transitioned into blues. But I said, you know what? I don't want to abandon that side of me. Um, and when I wrote the song, um, it's called Almost Heaven. And I came up with this little, you know. <laughs> first I was like oh that maybe that's too dated or maybe it's just old me and I'm like nope once I hit that melody and I was like <laughs> I was like that's Gary Moore man that's
0: <laughs> oh,
2: so that's how Almost Heaven came about which yeah. is on the new
0: and it, just as an aside that was so cool to watch you playing the guitar then as well it's such a thrill to, to see you oh. doing that
2: Thank you, man. Well, you know, I always have a guitar handy because, um, like, there's another song on the record called "Waiting, Waiting on the Sun," and that that's another instrumental, and it reminds me a little of Jeff Beck meets Led Zeppelin because it has that chord where it goes like, <laughs> and then the melody goes. that was another song I'm like well should I put this on the record and then I decided yeah because it makes it it gives you a break from all the the heavy blues and the, yeah. and the intensity
0: yeah and this that uh, was this, this record took a long time to write I mean because you you've been busy touring you know like I said at the beginning you're a really busy guy how long exactly did this record take
2: uh well we we spent about a year and a half I will say off and on off and on off and on <laughs> um, <laughs> we should have called the record off and on <laughs> because I would be on the road and do shows and then I'd come home and I'd try to get back into the groove of where I was. And sometimes it took a minute, you know, you get mm-hmm. off the road, you're tired, you want to take a couple of days. And then I would say, OK, now I need to finish this song. And um, and sometimes I would sit there and try to write the lyrics. You know, that's always the hardest thing for me is finishing the lyrics. So, oh, okay. like, OK, what is this? song about? And the way that I write music is I write the songs first. You know, I like, I mean, I write the music first. I mm. like to come up with chord progressions or grooves that I think are something I can build on. And then I, through the year, I write lyric titles. Ah, okay. It's down that I hear people say or that I say or something I think could be a good concept for a song. Because I'm a real title freak. I have to have a title <laughs> And one of my sisters said, oh, you know, I, I, I'm tired of sweeping all everything under the rug. And I was like, wait a minute, sweeping under the rug. Hold on. <laughs> you know, so I wrote a song called Sweeping Under the Rug and, and the new album with Eric Gales. And and it's just, you know, when you take from real life situations. Yeah. So I wrote these titles on a page and then I had another title called Damned If I Do, you know, because everybody says I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I, don't. <laughs> I can't seem to make it. So, and then I had this Texas shuffle, Lance Lopez was playing on and I'm like, you know what? This sounds like damned if I do like the title, just when I listened to the music, it sounded like the title. Yeah. And that happens a lot when I, when I just have music sitting around.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. How, how cool as well that you've got your son Ian on the album as well. I mean, that must've been so incredible.
2: Oh, it was, the uh, it was the, the icing on the cake for me, a uh, dream come true. You know, he came in the studio um, and hanging out with me. And I, I started teaching him when he was five. So, you know, now he's, he was 16. Now he just turned 17. He was 16 when he played on the record. Um, and, you know, so he's been playing a bunch of years with me off and on. Yeah. But he took a liking to the blues. Um, you know, and one day he said to me, Dad, have you ever heard of, you know, this guy? You know, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> So he started playing the blues, and I had this song called Don't Come Crying to Me. <laughs> um, and he came in the studio, and, and I said, Ian, I have this riff. What is it? Uh... You know, And then he grabbed the guitar, and he went.
1: And,
2: and he played this riff, and I went, man, that sounds great. So I hit record, and I didn't tell him oh just start jamming back and forth and at the end we're trading back and forth and uh when he got done I said you know that sounds so good I think I'm going to put that on the record Ian I think you're going to be on your first album and he was real excited and so I couldn't be more thrilled and more proud because you know he loves music and uh he wants to carry on after me and he seems to have a great uh gift for it
0: well that's I take it this is a collaboration that's going to go forward as well you can have him on more of your albums
2: I'm going to have him on more albums, and he's actually been writing songs himself now. I told him, I said, write, start writing songs, and I'm going to bring Ian in the studio and maybe start recording some of his stuff so he can make an album um, at some point, because he's going to be 18, you know, next year. I Mm -hmm. figure he's he's going to be a young adult going to college, uh, and he wants to take a music course in college and learn some theory. So, you know, I told him, I said, the music business is not easy, but if you love it, if you wake up every day, do something you love, then that's half the pay for what you're getting. That's half the reward is doing something you love. And yeah. the rest of it, struggle is like anything in life. You're going to have struggles, yeah. you know.
0: And I know you do some great work as well. You go out there and you're teaching these kids, you know, with the, with all the music and everything. Uh, what's the main piece of advice that you'd give somebody, not necessarily just the guitarists, but people want, wanted to make it in the music business?
2: Well, you know, I think the music, if you want to make it in the music business, You've got to if you got to treat it like a music business, mm. you, you got to treat it like a business. If you just want to go out and play music and it's a fun thing and, on the weekends and that's enough for you, then that's fine. But if you want to make a living and you want it to be your business, then I think, you know, stay true to who you are as a musician. Play the music that you truly love. You know, like I shifted into the blues and, you know, I'm, I'm not I know I'm not going to get a hit top single on the radio, but you know what? You still go out and play. You find your audience yeah. and you do interviews like I'm doing with you now. And you do different things. And you make yourself accessible. And then, you you know, you get on the Internet. What I like about th- these days is, is people can actually go on the World Wide Web and they can find people from all over the world that might love what they're doing, but never get to you know meet them or see them in person. Mm-hmm. I never had that when I was a kid. You had to get a record deal. Yeah. Yeah. You had to get on the local radio stations or you were not going to ever be seen or heard so that window don't underestimate the power of that so what i say to musicians is you know put out some good content you know get a good website going and when you start playing um you know you're not going to make a lot of money at first don't don't think about money do something else for money and then the money will come eventually um and and treat your fans with respect and look at the long term uh it doesn't take happen overnight you know and, mm-hmm. and if you wake up every day if you say i'm a songwriter and every day you say, "I'm a musician, go into your studio every day and and try to do something, even if nothing comes out. Just just try to do something. And all of a sudden you'll look back six months behind you and go, "Wow, look at all I've done." Uh, another thing I'm really big on is is making lists. You know, make make lists, I'm telling you <laughs> wow. pick and pick you know, take a notepad and in all your dreams and you know whatever your your inspirations are. Make them on a list and, and you have to have big goals that are your biggest goals. Like I want to get a record out within the next year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want to build a new website within the next year. I need to hire a social media manager, whatever it is. Um, I need to do some more charity events, whatever it is. And write that list down. And then underneath, you have to make a list of sub things that will lead you to the big goals. So how do I get to the big goal? Well, maybe I start writing better songs. I start to play in the local jam sessions more. I network more how do I get a record deal? Um, well, I either, you know, go to independent labels and pitch what I'm doing, or I start my own record company mm-hmm. and I do it myself <laughs> and just start your own record company. It's not that hard. Start a publishing company. It's not that hard and put it out yourself, create the illusion that you have a record company behind you. And then all of a sudden, you know, this record, this industry is 90% perception, right? It's yeah. how much people perceive you. But when it, when the time comes, be ready, be good, you know, have practiced, um, videotape yourself a lot, listen back, be honest with yourself. Oh, I, c- I can sing that better, you know. I could play that better. And I'm constantly trying to improve my live show. You know, all those things um, will lead you to a long a long career if that's what you really want in the business, mm-hmm. you know, and, and build off of that and, and, and be patient.
0: I mean, talking about live shows as well, I've seen lots of videos of your live. And one of the things that I love about you, Gary, is – your interaction with the crowd, you know, you, you're there, you're not, you don't take your audience as uh, as a given and you're not, you don't, you're not of the attitude. And I have seen bands, you know, where they, they think their audience um, is lucky to be there and, and, and be in the band's presence. I mean, you, you're at one with the audience and you give it all you've got and it's clear to see and it. It must be so exhausting as well. At the same time, you know, it must be an adrenaline rush, but it's going to be so exhausting. But it's one thing I love about you, and you know, and long may you continue like that.
2: Thank you, man. You know, you I appreciate that so much. You know, I feel like the live the live experience for me is where you have to take it to the next level mm-hmm. because if you if you put on an album, you know, you can imagine what the band is like, and you know, this and that, and listen to the music. And when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have social media. Yeah, or you age. You know, we stared at the albums and we imagined what <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at their boots and their jewelry and whatever. And we <laughs> said, oh, that's cool. And, you know, and then when I went to see my favorite band, Black Sabbath, I remember them pulling up in a limousine on the other side of the fence. And I saw them walk in and they were like ghosts just floating in the building, mm-hmm. you know. And when they came on stage and the back lights hit and you, you couldn't see their faces, it was silhouetted. And, you know, then the lights came on and the curtain fell. I mean, to me, that was the mystery of music that yeah. that. I thought took us to a, another place. Yeah. Now I, I embrace social media, and I say, you know what? If people want to know what kind of guitar strings I'm using, and they want to <laughs> know what, what I had for breakfast, man, <laughs> let's go for it, you know. But now, um, when I'm at my live show, I feel like I want them to get more, you know, more, to know more about who I am as a person, mm-hmm. connect with them, and make them feel like it's a um, it's a deeper experience than than my music that that I'm taking it to uh, a more personal level and then also hopefully interpreting the music you know better than even the record Cause sometimes the record you know you recorded it in five five days and then you go to play it on tour and you're like you know i feel way better now i wish i'd recorded it today <laughs> yeah, you know yeah yeah. <laughs> they kind of broke as you play them on the road you know so i appreciate that man and i love the live experience i do
0: oh yeah it's it, it, i've said to many guests on this show you know i can I can barely imagine what it must be like to to be stood on the stage and you know have this crowd of people in front of you and you being able to do what you love doing you know such such a great thing
2: It's it's a rush and you know it's a it's a rush but at the same time it's something that it's weird you have to uh it can be a mind game if you if you let it get to your mind like it, when you're playing music on stage and you're playing for people you you have to have a combination of being there for them and also being lost in the music, if Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. And so like for me, when I'm playing a song, it's one of the few things that makes time stand still for me. You know, uh, everything else today is moving very fast. And I'm constantly, you know, while I'm talking to you, I'm watching my phone beep. You know, it's like it's we're just, you know, we never get left alone, I guess. But music, whether we're playing it or whether we're listening to it or we're part of it, it, it takes, it, it makes time stand still. It's like we're floating in, in, in this animation thing, and uh, and that that part of it for me is is what I thrive on. So when I come on stage live, I'm like, you know what? I'm coming out of the gate running, man, and 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 I want the audience to know that this party's about to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, whether they're going to join me or not, I'm still going to have it. And, and if you want to join me, great. But if you don't, I still have to have it because. I've noticed that's infectious with people and sometimes someone could be sitting in the chair and I could think, wow, they're not even into it. They're not shaking their hands or they're not moving around. And that same person will come up to me after the show and go, I was, I was mesmerized or yeah. something. Oh, I loved your show and I, I, I had so much fun. So I, I, I say, don't judge a book by its cover. You never <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the energy could be, everyone could be screaming, but sometimes they're just really into the music. So I, I, I think of that in my mind, I think, you know what? I'm just going to go have a great time. And, uh, and 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 make sure that I feel the music first, and then the audience will hopefully join me. Yeah. and we can make it this this group thing, and uh, and let them know that I'm giving them everything I got.
0: Oh yeah, have you got any plans to come to the UK soon? Is there anything in the works yet? You know, we uh,
2: I know we're planning on coming back because we went over there for Dustin Bones, and we did some stuff in Europe last year and, and the UK, and uh, so now that the record's done and out, we we kind of we just booked booked a lot of stuff in the US um and i know it's on the radar and every time i send an email to my manager my agent i'm always like uk uk (laughs) uk
0: (laughs) well please if you do come over to the uk please and when we always say this as well we're based in north wales a lot of bands come over and just play london if you get the chance to come further up into the uk into the midlands north wales northwest of england there's a big audience waiting here for you gary definitely
2: oh man i would love to come and play um And bring my bring my fiftieth anniversary Strat and hit like a nice E minor. (laughs) Oh,
0: Matt, if that isn't a beautiful way to finish this interview, I don't know what is. <laughs> Thank, the, you. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much, Gary. I completely appreciate your time. Congratulations on another fantastic album. Long may you continue.
2: Thank you so much.
0: And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another show. And another guest where I just had an absolute blast chatting to somebody whose music I've loved for a long long time I, I so love doing these shows and this one and I alluded to something a bit special at the beginning of this episode this one was made special because we were on camera as well you probably heard part way through me going oh it's so good that I can see you on his guitar and it was so good to see him playing his guitar so this episode minus the music minus me waffling away all it is is the chat with gary it's also on youtube so if you want to go to our youtube channel you can actually see gary have a chat thankfully for you my face is nowhere to be seen uh if you want to go to the youtube channel just search 60 minutes with uh the link is on our website which is 60minuteswith.co.uk we are on instagram and twitter both of those are 60 minutes with all of them Ah, uh, the numerical 60, not the alphabetical one. You know that by now. And we're going to close the show with the uh, the newest song that was released. And it's we talked about this as well. It's the song where his son, Ian, is on it as well. Such a good song, such a good song. And it's Gary Hoey, featuring Ian Hoey, and Don't Come Crying. <laughs>